0: Joining me now is my great friend, Barb Lampson. Good morning, Barb. Hey, Karen. I
1: am just bubbling over with excitement. Barb, you're always bubbling over. More so <laughs> this morning because I stepped out on the step to pick up my newspaper, and there were my Asiatic lilies Aww. from Holland. Oh, and nice. I, oh, there's I, I got five new lilies. These are tree lilies and they're
0: very tall.
1: Yeah, they get very tall. So that was exciting. And then from my daughter, was a box of chocolates. Oh. And I just went, oh, wow, does it get any better than this? So <clears throat> that that's exciting. And the other thing that's exciting is last week we talked about this 18-day composting. Yeah, and you've been doing that. <laughs> and and I, I went home, and I had the space ready, and I started layering in my <clears throat> greens and my browns. And then you leave it four days, and on the fifth day, you turn it, and I did, and you know what, Karen? Before I turned it, I put my arm in the center of the pile, pushed it down as far as I could get it, to my elbow. It was just warm. That's it was awesome. So, it was it was so much warmer than my doing it the traditional way. And wow. so, so then um, on Thursday, yesterday, I put down a sheet of plywood. And you have to divide it, and you bring the right side out, and then you bring the left side over to the right side was. And <laughs> it sounds complicated. It but, does, <laughs> but it isn't at all. And you put the what you're going to, uh, what you move around. You put it on the sheet of plywood, and then you just take a a pitching fork and you pitch it back on again, and it is. That's the way to go. So well, I'm going to have to try that now because
0: now that you've mentioned that, now it's getting cold again, as we know. Yes. So, can we still do this when it's cold? Or do you think <clears throat> this is more of a when it's it's warm? You know,
1: that, I asked my son that question because in Alaska, I said, now, Chad, you're you're not making compost in the winter with all that snow that you've gotten. He said, no. Oh. He said, here, it really, there's so much snow in that it doesn't heat. Sure. So, this is a Way of making compost in the summer for him and getting it up fast. And you know, for my greens, because you know, greens usually you take grass, they're just loaded with nitrogen. Yeah, so I. I didn't, we couldn't mow the grass because we'd done that once already. And so um, I looked around at the perennials that I could cut off, and I cut back this enormous plant of New England asters. Sure. They're done um, flowering? Absolutely. Are you worried about all the seeds in it, though? uh, No, actually, that that would not, that could happen if they had a chance. But I mean... Oh, okay. It's so easy to identify them and know that they have to come out. Okay. So uh, when I put them through the shredder, I ended up with nicely fined um, ten gallons, two five-gallon buckets of, of these. It was just, it was just great. Put them in there, and I thought, wow, you know, this is the way to go. Just hook up your shredder early in the spring, and then keep shredding all summer long. And if you don't need it, put it into a plastic bag and save it until you do need it. And that works. That works really, really great. So now I have my second pile going, and <clears throat> the idea of this is, you know, how I divided up this um, ground that I had along the fence, right. and I put in 30 new perennials last year. Took out hostas. Now I have this second section of it, and I haven't exactly decided what to put in there, but <clears throat> I've got the hostas out and the ferns. Oh, you'll out.
0: find something.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. But so what I decided to do is to use it. For the next pile, for the for the next compost oh, pile. Good. So I've got one started in there, and I'm just going to not do so much like the Berkeley method is. I'm going to use that model, but I'm going to modify it to fit my, you know, if I've got stuff to go in there, I'll put it in there, and I'll turn it when I feel like it.
0: Well, you know, if folks are listening <coughs> and they're saying, what is she talking about, this 18-day compost a program that she's been working that's been six, six successful. We did a show on that, so if you want to go into the KMSU SoundCloud and there's a show that specifically says "18 uh, Day Compost Method," right? I would recommend that you could listen to the whole thing and and sure. Barb explains it so well in that and uh, try it.
1: Yeah, it's 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 like it's like um, if you were going to make. Um, bread by hand and you're going to, you know, knead it and do all of that, or get a mix and you have like a bread making machine. It's like that. It it just speeds up the whole process. It is. It simplifies it and it encourages you to be saving all of these things. I think the,
0: the part that's the best though is speeding it up because, you know, I've got some compost pile that just sit there. Yes. And if you don't you know, do it regularly like your program in right. 18 days. I mean, that's probably the biggest part is keeping it active like that. Like yeah, you're
1: doing. I, I absolutely agree. And, you know, at first I thought, well, <clears throat> this is going to be hard to remember which days because every other day then you're turning it, <laughs> yeah. but it really isn't. I oh, mean, it's, it's just like...
0: Well, I'm sure if you messed up one day, you wouldn't
1: no no, that's it. right. Yeah. That, that's that's the big thing about it. and then in all this digging around and weeding and and actually I'm adding compost to a lot of the perennials and kind of looking to see if the ground has been sinking any place and oh, I right. need to work that up and get some more compost in there. And I found, much to my joy, a little <laughs> Texas bluebell. Oh, now, <laughs> a little seed. Yes, well, it was a seedling. So, um, when we were in Texas one winter, we went to uh, Lady Johnson, Lady Bird Johnson. You know, she uh, was responsible for the planting in the ditches, and then there's a big arboretum and that. And we went to this place, which was called Wild Seed Farms, where you could, they had a catalog. And when I got back home, I thought, uh, this this Texas Blue Bonnet, I'm going to try and raise that. Well, it doesn't survive here in the winter. So what I've been doing is I start a couple of pl- seeds every spring, plant them out, and then I enjoy them. And, and they're beautiful. The and bl- then do you harvest the seeds so you just keep it <clears throat> going or not? They don't actually live long enough. They, oh. they make a flower, okay. but I don't get seed except that... When I was digging around where I used to plant them, there was one coming up. So one must have made seed. And there was, and it, it won't survive. It's only about, oh, I'd say two inches high. Are you
0: going to bring it in to try and keep it?
1: No. No. <laughs> Too you hard. Know, it's <clears throat> I'm at the point now where um, I have to start saying, prioritize. <laughs> this we'll save, this we won't.
0: There's only so much room that we have, and that's part of the problem yes. is a lot of the stuff I say, well, if I don't get it in in time, it wasn't meant to live over the winter.
1: I, I absolutely agree, and, and there are more important things to do. Really, you know, assessing your perennials and seeing that if you need to do anything for them, especially if you think they didn't do well. Maybe they needed to be divided. Maybe they needed to be in a different spot. You know, if they've been getting too much shade, maybe they get, need to go into a sunny spot. So <clears throat> those things are more important. Just don't fertilize. Right,
0: right, the the plants. Uh, one thing also is to, a lot of people think they need to clean up everything for fall, and we're not a fan of the clean, squeaky clean garden club because many of those perennials can be left standing um, through the winter to provide shelters for our pollinators, food for birds and a place for snow to settle but cleaning up some parts of the garden reduces disease and things like that and also you don't want to leave a heavy mat of leaves on your grass but you know Some here and there are fine. So I went um, last (coughs) week and I mowed the the lawn out at the lake house and I used the bagger um, down by the lake. So I normally leave the clippings because it's a nice nice, nitrogen natural for the the grass. But I bagged it up and it had a lot of leaves, a lot of leaves. So what I did was then in my my shoreline planting, I took those those, uh, chopped grass and leaves and I put that... For mulch, So I mulched all of my (coughs) um, native plants that I have along the shoreline, and that'll provide a great shelter for bees and and all sorts of things that need to overwinter. So, you know, it's not right on the grass, which is fine, but I've still got places that they can rest. I've got a wood pile where they can go and and rest. And so you want to leave places like that. And if you're going to, like, cut any branches or things, leave them in a nice pile for the birds and things to... Or even squirrels
1: to yeah. have a little place to, to respite because they they need our, our help too. Yeah, I absolutely agree. To, to see a lawn that's um, what I call a working organic lawn versus one that's so sterile and it's just you know just grass, Kentucky bluegrass. Well, you know how we feel about that. It really doesn't help wildlife at all. Right. And there still are. Um, Earlier this week I saw one monarch and I said, "Oh, oh I hope you make it. Little darling, you better get heading in south here or you're not going to make it." Yeah. Right, yeah. But we have we have so many birds uh, that are visiting. Um I don't know if they're in migration patterns or not, and I don't recognize some of them well enough, but I enjoy them coming to the feeders, and I also enjoy the fact that they will take the seeds, the flowers that have went to seed now, and they'll pluck out the yes. seeds. You know, that's, that's that's really more enjoyable seeing them do that than it is seeing them, you know, all bunched up around a feeder.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that the finches <coughs> love the, the salvia that have gone to seed, and they just are out there. They, I mean, they literally attack them to get those seeds, and it's really fun to see that.
1: Yes, yes, they do. And here's something else I wanted to share with you. You know, um this summer, late, very, very late. I think it was the end of July when I discovered that I had bought morning glory seeds. And oh. actually, I bought these when I was in Georgia. Okay. <clears throat> and I bought this red pickle tea. And, and that's so pretty. It, it's a pretty shade of red. It has kind of a, the edge is what they call pickle tea. I would
0: it's, call it pico tea, but pico pico. I'm not sure. Pico, (laughs) Pico. P-I-C-O, I I know that, so.
1: Pico, I guess it is Pico tea. Anyway, beautiful. And then a white edge on that. Reminds me of one of my grandmother's doilies she used to make. So anyway, I planted them. I soaked them in water. I planted them. And then after I planted them, I looked and it said 120 days to bloom. And I thought, boy, what a foolish thing. I'll never see that. They had been blooming for the last maybe 10 days. So if you get something in, your soil is good. If you soak those seeds, if it's got a hard shell on it. I nick them
0: with a little, like take a nail clip or
1: something and give them a nick. Right. I won't be able to save seeds from these, but I I, don't, I mean, I absolutely don't care anyway. But how nice. I wish I would have had these up and over my fence for for the hummingbirds, you know, so they would have...
0: Next time, you'd probably plant them early inside the house oh, to yeah. get them... Started. Well, I did that one year with the, the Morning Glories, and I started them, and, um, it, and I I won't do it again because I wanted them to adorn my, uh, what do you call it, the obelisk sure. and so but because they are so late to bloom a lot of people i notice on their the garden pages are saying why won't they bloom well it's because they're just late sure very very sure. late and so that's something like you said you really need to pay attention to if if you right. want any flowers right. you'll get them but maybe not here in minnesota and you
1: know if you see somebody's morning glories and they're blooming profusely by the end of august you say well then there must be something wrong with mine but like this one this is grandpa ought
0: Variety.
1: Yeah, and that's 80, 80 days. Well, 80 days is different from 120 days.
0: Is Grandpa Ott kind of a, an old standard? Because It is. They must have been planted at the lake house because I've got them. They had some, some old posts and stuff, and they, they grow like weeds. Right, right, yeah, right. And they're blooming.
1: Blooming, blooming. Yes, yes, there. And that that color. This is one of the few pictures I've seen of plants that really is true. The deep, deep
0: purple with the white center, kind of. Yeah,
1: yeah. It kind of, it fades into the white, sort of more like a. It becomes more pinker, but just very, very attractive. And you know, my son in Alaska, he raises these, and he just does a single seed, and he'll raise them on a. just a support that's like a cane. Oh. Paint you know, you can get these bamboo poles. And then they grow up and they look so I have to use this word darn good with with the Asiatic lilies. You know, they oh, support each sure. other. So you got this purple thing up in the air and then you've got these different colors of lilies popping up and it's it's wonderful. It makes those high notes for you.
0: Mine um, have been growing on the, the the ground because the the posts are no longer there, so I've just got a big old <laughs> mound. Which they're still pretty, but they they do would be probably look better if yeah. they were up in the air. Yeah. Hey Barb, I wanted to tell. I just got this this morning, so this is a late bulletin. Um, do you know the the uh, DNR the, or the Department of Forestry has a program where they offer seedlings to mm-hmm. people trying to repopulate our <laughs> forests and things? Well, just today it starts actually today. Uh, the tree seedling sales start with the state forestry uh, nursery, and it, for spring 2022, it opens at 8 a.m. today, which is this morning. And they've got a, a tree seedling price list on their webpage, and you can place an order by sending an email or leaving a voice message. Message now, the thing—it's first come, first served. I have noticed in the past some of them have sold out. Um, so if you have a way or a place to plant them, I would encourage it because this is the deal—they come in large quantities because per 100 so for example you can get five or 100 red Norway pines for 50 bucks that's really reasonable now they are small but uh, you and I were talking before right we got on the air when we were younger we took advantage of that program on the farm and we planted 10,000 of these uh, Norway pines on a very hilly farm area we took a tractor you know, and sat on the back and would <coughs> hand put them in. So, I mean, it was a big process. But what a great way to do conservation in your area. And there's some, you know, maybe you could team up with a, a friend or a neighbor or something if you have the area. The sure. uh, well, I guess it's you know, basically Juneberries. They've got Juneberries, sure. chokeberries, red osier dogwood, wild plum. They've even got fruiting um, packets, which include different fruiting right. ones. So uh, if you want to do this, I encourage you to go to the... Um, State Forestry, State right. Forest Nursery site and order now if you want to get them. You can order <coughs> per per one thousand if you need that. You now. know,
1: on our farm, um, which was in the Sandhills by Elk River in Sherburne County, when we bought that land, it had been in um, corn and soybeans, and my f- and it wasn't a big acreage. I mean, it- and a farmer rented it, sure. and my dad said, "No, never again," and so he applied for this and we thought too when we got all these seedlings I mean, what do you do with all those? But, you know, here was the thing. We had pocket gophers on that land. And so you could plant these trees fairly close together and just know that these pocket gophers were going to get in there, they're going to eat the bottoms, and you're going to lose a lot of them too. So this is one of the times that I would recommend that, um, you know, you don't need quite as much spacing because you're going to lose some.
0: And we did that too. We planted them closer too. And, And looking back now, it's beautiful. Of course, we don't own that land anymore but it's just right. absolutely beautiful seeing this whole forest of, of all these trees and now looking back now I would plant different trees because of course we know that planting all the one type of trees is not always the best exactly, thing either exactly but, but but it's just a great thing because you could even buy hardwood trees like the um bitternut hickory the black walnut the bur oak the red oaks and oaks are some of the best things now they have sure. silver maple which I I'm not a fan of that they're no. a weak tree they grow fast but I would and I would stay away from those but um white oaks they're great too. So just a great program if it you is. have some space. It, yeah. Maybe you can split. It. I mean if there's 100 <coughs> trees, you right. find a few friends and share them.
1: Yeah. I I agree that that is really really wonderful. And you know, we went back um my husband and I went back here a few years ago to look at th- that farm, which of course now like there's a subdivision out there. But um and and the trees that were still standing, I mean it made a forest. I Beautiful. mean it was still Yeah, and and uh that was really my dad's idea. He was and I was thinking about that. You know, he was I can remember him composting because that soil was so light you had to get organic matter in it. And he would have three or four piles going at a time, and he'd be turning them and turning them, and and everything went into those compost piles.
0: Yeah, see, your dad sounds like a lot like my parents. They were ahead of their time kind of in the conservation movement sure. before it was cool.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So uh, that is a good program, and hopefully people will take advantage of that. And well,
0: they actually, it was cool. They sent it out kind of to the the lake um Lake Associations and things because sure. I'm a member of that, and they're encouraging people to do that and that's such a great thing because some of these fields and things right up to the lake you yeah. get that runoff and that's why we're getting all you know not just the farms it's it's the you know Places around the lakes, etc. But that can make such a difference as to put some of those native plants in right, there. With to, Deep roots. Yeah, deep roots. So yeah, make yeah. a huge difference.
1: I agree, absolutely. So, you know, there's lots of gardening we can still do. It's not time to say I'm all done. Uh, you probably have things. We're if, never done, Barb. No. And if you think you brought in all your plants, you know, take a trip back out there again. And sure enough, here there's something that you tucked away someplace and now you forgot to bring it in. There are other things that can be dumped out of their pots and put into the compost pile. Um, I have a lot of impatience that I have in that area that's very, very shaded. Um, and that, are they in pots then? Uh, yeah. They're they're um, in big, what do we call these? They're for the window boxes. Oh, sure. So the whole thing needs to go. So in it'll go, and it'll become compost, and I don't feel bad about
0: that. Now, my... Uh super the the vistas are still blooming very beautifully, so i 've just got this great color so i 'm kind of hesitant to, sure. to empty them yet, but i've got these you know they 're like sixteen twenty inches um, pots at the top, so they 're very big, and right. so they have lots of dirt in. But what I do is take that dirt and i 'll like you said compost that, sure. I know some people save it for the next year, but a lot of the nutrients have been drained out of that, so right. I would recommend. I know it costs money, but to start right. over, and
1: not only that when you think of it, if they've been using city water, yeah. I mean you Salt, know you have some salts build up in there, yeah. so it's it's really not worthwhile. Put it into that compost pile, and then you're all set for next year to take that some of that out. And have you, set so have you taken any of your annuals out and in uh, yet? I have. I went from outside into the greenhouse. Oh, okay. So that's their step that they get. Now it's up to me to assess. You know, um, are you coming in? Are you staying out? And you know, some of the things um, don't grow really fast, like some of the succulents, the cactus that I have they were staying, you know, they stayed small. But other things, which is, well, yeah, they just shot up and they're really big. So do you save those or do you just take cuttings? Um, it's, it's not hard to take a cutting. I mean, you can simply um, go up to where the new growth is and then make a cut just above where there would have been a, a leaf and take off the le- other leaves enough so that they're not in the water, and put them in water. Or if you don't want to do it like that, you can put them into a a rooting substance and then put them into a soil, and and they'll do just fine that way too.
0: Now, I think some of these cool temperatures are going to do our coleus in, so if you want to do any coleus cutting, you should do it. I did it with uh, one out at the lake. I've got the Main Street, Beale Street. That's the... I believe it was at the 2020 or was it not 2019 All-American Selection, the sure. only coleus to ever get that. So I've took some root cuttings, got some little roots going. I'll be putting right. that in dirt and trying to keep those yep. over the winter. And then I've got another one, too, that's very beautiful. But I think uh, those are very sensitive to the cold. So sure. if you're going to get those, you better do it soon. <coughs> yeah, like I have before a cup- tonight.
1: <laughs> couple pots of... Um, peppers, and um, I told David, either they go in the greenhouse now, and we try and see if we can keep them growing longer. Now, these
0: are, uh, what kind of peppers? The bell
1: peppers, or? We have banana peppers. We have oh, the you, you, you pepper. overwinter those? Yeah, we've never done that, oh. and I said, you know, we had them in these pots, and I said, well, let's try it, and if it doesn't, then we'll just dump them, and, okay. and that'll be it, but um, there are other things um, that... Um, you know, sometimes you get a plant, and it really doesn't look good until the end of the season.
0: I know. I Yeah, that's frustrating.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have a mandevilla, and that thing would not bloom. I carried that <laughs> pot around. I moved it here. I moved it there. And finally, I just put it up, raised it up higher into, it's like an obelisk, and yeah. it has a shelf in it. Put it in there. It just took right off. And I think, wow. Wow. You've never looked so good, but here it is, the end of the gonna, season.
0: I have a, a bougainvillea like that. It was one mm-hmm. that I bought. I think it was like 25 bucks, and I was hoping it would fill in this obelisk just kind of sat there and sat there and sat there and now
1: it's blooming yeah right, right. so <laughs> so you know what do you what do you do you have to make that decision
0: you know i don't know if i should bring is that the kind of thing you could bring in it's a it's a one that you know Vogan valley yeah. kind of climbs it's in a big i have it in yeah. a big pot so i don't know if i should try and save it or just say come well, on
1: you know they're native to the tropics so they're yeah. used to having lots of um heat uh, humidity yeah all of that and so but you know here's the thing you know, we're such optimists. We we just want to try it and see if that would succeed, and then that would be nice, and we can get rid of it later. I you know, know,
0: I brought in begonias. I got this gigantic <clears throat> pot, and it is just overflowing with these. They're kind of more of a chartreuse leaf begonia. They're just beautiful. But they look good. So last year I, I brought it in, and then by springtime I thought it was completely dead, and I'm mm-hmm. like, well, oh, well. So I brought it out, and it came right back. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. even though I thought I killed it, some things do okay
1: yeah that's true and you know I've got all those amaryllis that I put out in the summertime and I found out last year instead of bringing them in in the pots dump the soil just bring in the bulb and and then I just put them in a container together it takes so much less space
0: and so you're doing it kind of like you are some of the other tender bulbs like the the cannas and the elephant ears and the dahlias
1: have you brought your dahlias in yet Mine are still blooming so well, I don't want to... I didn't raise any dahlias. Oh, you didn't? No, I just have killed so many that I decided somebody else should be raising them. But I do have uh, the cannas. They've got to all come in. I've got different kinds, so... um, They're still out
0: then? Because my sister wanted to to take hers out now, and I said, you should probably wait until it freezes. I guess you don't have to, but um, they recommend that let it have a frost and let some of the the leaves kind of die down a little bit
1: you know one really really absolutely imperative thing to do now it would be to water your trees and your shrubs they are so dry I have a uh, false cypress which is by my pond and I have had that for years I've never had any yellowing and I have yellowing on the needles now and I have got to I've just been laying the hose down in there soaking it yeah I can't even carry water to that I mean there isn't I have I haven't had enough... Rain, water in my rain barrels to, to do that. So I've been using city water for that, which I really don't like to do, right. but but it can't go into the winter that dry. It'll never survive. Well, a
0: lot of the evergreens, like the arborvitaes and things like that, we've got this whole row, and I, I don't know how I'm going to you know, get it all water, because a lot of them will start to get the brown because of the sure. you know, winds and things, of the cold dry them out. So uh, we might see some loss, more losses of some of those evergreens yeah. going into for yeah, next year.
1: Yeah. But at least be aware that this was not a normal summer. Right. And if you've never done this, boy, this is the year to put things in. Unless this coming week we get a lot of rain. We had on um, Wednesday, I think it was four-tenths an yeah. inch. So that was good, but still yeah. needed more. Yeah. yeah, for a big tree with big, deep roots, I don't even think it got it, down to yeah. the roots. Nope. It did
0: Barb, it's always great to talk with you. I know you're going to be happy planting. I bet you're going to be planting all those packages that you got out uh, this... Yes, I am. Yes, you yes, are. That's,
1: that's where I'll be. Thank okay, you, Karen. Okay, well, yep. you have fun. Okay, okay thanks, bye-bye. Barb. All right, it
0: is one minute past 10. You're listening to a Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.